0: Hey, What's up, everybody? It's Randy Couture. If you're out there looking for a great sports podcast, go check out Big Mouth Small Words. What up, guys? It's we Say, and I just want to give a shout-out to the Big Mouth Small Words podcast in Boston. Thank you guys for your dedication and support. real Cats. Hey, it's Big Jim from 98.5 The Sports Hub, and I love listening to Big Mouth Small Words. Check them out at Big Mouth Small Words podcast. Big Mouth Small Words sports talk. We back baby, another episode, let's go. Oh hello everyone, welcome to episode number 146 of Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. Happy Friday to everybody, thank God we got through this week. (laughs) This has been a rough one for me. I don't know if it's been rough for you guys, but either way, whether you're having a good week, a bad week, we're at Friday, we're on the weekend. Hopefully it's a long weekend for everybody. Let's get it going. I've Got a few things I want to go over in this episode. I'm going to need to go over these NFL matchups this weekend because they are fire. I'm going to give a couple of Celtics thoughts. More accurately, I'm going to go over the James Harden deal because I've got a lot of people that have been asking me about it, what I think about it, what it means for the Celtics. So I'm definitely going to be going over that. But I want to start with hockey. Last week, Batch, me, and Matt talked about the East Division and the Boston Bruins and how they were going to do. Last night, the Bruins took the ice on the road against the Devils. I'm going to give you a little recap, and I know... That they are, well, they were the eighth team for all of us. We all thought the Devils were the worst. But this is early in the season. No one really knows what's going on yet. So let's just let's just temper our expectations. Let's see what happened here. So both teams were sloppy to start for sure. Uh, the Bruins found their legs about eight minutes in. They were dominating. I mean, McAvoy, big hits. Uh, Kevin Miller, big hits. And good for Kevin Miller. He broke both his kneecaps. He's back. He's crushing it. Good for that, dude. He's unbelievable. I noticed Bjork. I noticed McAvoy with some good chemistry. I mean, you had some crisp passes, solid all-around play. The Bruins scored on the power play in the first period with about three minutes left because Krejci won a puck battle. He got it to Marshy. It worked out. But, dude, the Bruins scare me. They had a million shots. I want to say the Devils had four, and we should have been up more, but we weren't. So going into the second period, it's only one nothing. We move on to the second period, and it was pretty disappointing. I'm not going to lie. The Bruins took the foot off the gas. They gave the Devils a reason to believe, and guess what? When you give a team a reason to believe, they'll figure it out. This game gave me flashbacks of the Claude Julian Bruins. I mean, it was a very defensive mindset. We did try to do things on the offensive zone, but we got to get better five on five. Um, but I'll, I'll keep it with this game. I'm getting ahead of myself. So um, we don't also bring up the Claude Julian Bruins. We don't have that defense, so we cannot be playing that style. Uh, so the second period, nobody scored. It was what it was. In the third Both teams were flying around. The Devils played pretty decent. We let them back into the game, as I was just saying. Tuca got beat on a breakaway that shouldn't have happened. The Bruins then scored on the power play with Nick Ritchie. Nick Ritchie, of all people? My goodness. I'll say one thing about Nick Ritchie. I started the game saying that he was a waste of life and that he was nothing. By the end of it, I will say this. Is he the best? No. Is he good? I don't know. But... He didn't get pushed around when he was in front of the net, and that's legit. And he got the puck out of the zone, which is more than I can say for a lot of guys. Brandon Carlo, Lozon, even McAvoy at times, Grizzlick for sure. Um, so the Devils scored uh, right after the Nick Ritchie goal. It was two to one. The Devils scored on a random puck that deflected off of everyone in the world. And the game was tied two to two. Bad luck. Went into overtime. We should have lost in overtime about, <clears throat> I'm not sure, excuse me, three times. But Tuka Rask saved our asses. And he had massive saves in OT, one after the other, on some big breakaway chances. And it goes into a shootout. He doesn't even let up a goal. I mean, three denials. Tuka just line him up, sit him down. Coyle had a great move, but he couldn't finish. Classic. Kasha... Had a decent move, but I don't know. It's whatever. Marshy came through. He got a goal, so he got the first one, and then he ended the game. The Bruins win the opener 3-2. to They are undefeated, batch. They're undefeated. 1-0. Unbelievable. Championship time. In all seriousness, though, I had a couple of thoughts after this game. I hate that Matt Grizzlick is on the first line power play. He has no feel to me. He's indecisive with the puck. I thought that they were going to give McAvoy a shot here, which he did play a lot, but ugh, I just didn't love the Grizzlick aspect. Um, I did love that McAvoy was throwing around the body, big hits. He was taking chances, but he did take a lot of penalties. I didn't love that. Uh, he almost cost us the game. Also being out of position in OT, So I didn't notice Bergeron as much as I wanted to. I'm not going to read too much into that. It's one game. Let's not overreact. But I I will say that Um, Kasha is useless as ever. So he's consistent. The defense, as I was talking to Batch on my phone throughout the game, as Batch brought up, we're going to see some growing pains. So I'm going to take it week by week. I'm not going to overreact and lose my mind. It definitely is going to be a change for me. I'm going to have to temper my expectations. We all need to, but a win's a win. Let's just go with that. Uh, I want to give Tuka Rask um, the credit that he deserves because when he is bad, we bash him. But when he is good, we should praise him. Big time saves. The Bruins do need to find a way to score, though. This should have been a 4-1 to one easy win. I want you guys to just really quickly listen to the numbers here. In this game, the Bruins outshot the Devils thirty-seven to twenty-two, and by the way, they got to twenty-two at the end. They weren't even close to that. The Bruins had a better face-off percentage at fifty-seven percent, so they're winning face-offs. They're getting more shots. They went two for five on the power play. That is the Bruins while holding the Devils to zero for five. Five chances, stoned them five times. So. We did get out hit, but it didn't feel that way watching it. We just have to find a way to play better five on five because if we play the way we did tonight with the Capitals, the Penguins, the Islanders, anyone but the Devils, <laughs> this could be an issue. But for now, we're one to know. Let's be happy about that. Um I will say though, as me and Batch have talked many times on this, especially with Xana dude, the Bruins just didn't make enough moves. And they're probably going to get burned by it. I watched Taylor Hall score for the Savers. They put up four. I watched the Capitals putting up like six. Everybody in this division is scoring is what I'm trying to tell you. So you're not going to be winning many games, three to two in my opinion. But we'll we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. Um, Very quickly, I want to touch on the James Harden deal because everyone is losing their minds about it. And I want to put at ease all the Celtics fans that I know. Hold on. Take it easy. Everybody relax. Relax. I know that it's a big name. I understand that. And let me say this too. I understand why the Nets did this deal. And I'm going to explain it to you. They hitched their wagon to a egomaniac named Kyrie Irving who feels that He is on such a higher intellectual and philosophical wavelength than all the rest of us that the rules that apply to us do not apply to him. The rules that apply to everyone in the NBA do not apply to him. He is above the law in his own mind. And I want to, I really got to point this out. This dude is the VP in basketball for the Players Association. Kyrie Irving, the VP in basketball for the Players Association and he just takes six games off without reason? That's that's impressive, basketball. That's impressive. You guys should be destroying him, and instead you're praising him and saying that it's okay? That's nuts. He doesn't inform his coach, who's a first-time coach, by the way, in Nash. He doesn't tell his GM. It's honestly laughable. I mean, this Kyrie is a tool bag. He is a piece of garbage. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. The Nets felt like they were handcuffed by Kyrie. So they gave Durant another superstar and James Harden. That makes sense. I understand Celtics fans seeing the move and fearing the worst and thinking that it's over, but I'm not worried, and I'll tell you why. In the process of acquiring James Harden, the Nets lost multiple valuable picks. They lost all the depth on their roster. They basically, in my mind, sacrificed their future for like two years. I think they're going to be someone that can, t- they can contend for two years. And they need a lot to happen for me and anyone else to be afraid of them. I mean, first off, you need James Harden to lose a million pounds and to not hit the strip club. Those are two impossible things. It's not going to happen. Uh, Kyrie has to show up. And if he does, he needs to change his attitude. I I look at Durant, and he is solid, but by himself, he cannot do it all. I'm basically looking at the Nets and figuring that they will implode on their massive egos, and they will fail, and then their superstars in a couple years are going to leave, go on to greener pastures, and I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, even if everything goes right for them and they're contenders for the next two years, Tatum is young. Jalen Brown is young, and it's clear that the Celtics chose the direction of we're going to keep our guys, we're going to keep our young nucleus, and we're going to wait for Tatum and Jalen Brown to develop into legitimate superstars. So if you're waiting for that, you're probably going to need another year anyway. So who cares? Um, That's just what I think. And uh, Kyrie Irving, you know what? Because I hate you so freaking much. You just made the list! You suck. (laughs) Cannot stand Kyrie Irving. Bag of trash. Now, let's get into some football playoffs! <laughs> NFL football playoffs! We're going to have some upset picks. We're going to have some... Oh, man, we've got a lot. I can't wait for these freaking matchups in the NFL. I'm fired up. We're going to start with a game that gets the people going. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe no one cares, but I care because everyone knows I hate Aaron Rodgers. So we kick off these divisional round matchups with the L.A. Rams versus the Green Bay Packers Saturday, tomorrow at 4.35 p.m. Very exciting. The Rams shocked the hell out of me. Shocked the hell out of me. They beat the Seahawks last week. I didn't think they could do that. Jared Goff showed massive heart playing with a broken thumb, and he somehow made better throws than Mr. Unlimited. Russell Wilson, worst nickname ever. And the run game was solid as we we expected that. But the defense, the defense, man, they are playing better than anyone else in the league on defense, man. And the Seahawks, I'll say this. You guys got to figure out why you start so hot and then you fizzle. Got to figure that out. Got to figure that out. But that's topic for another day. We're going to move on to things that are actually happening. The Rams walking into Lambeau Field and waiting there will be the man that I can't stand, Aaron freaking Rodgers. Now, I have been fighting with so many people about Aaron Rodgers lately, and I'm excited for the opportunity to let my voice be heard. And let the world know just not how I feel, but the truth of this situation. Aaron Rodgers looks at himself as a goat. He wants to be in the goat conversation, meaning greatest of all time. And the world puts him there. ESPN puts him there. Don't know why. He has made the Super Bowl once. And to his credit, he did win. But if he was a goat, like that good, Why hasn't he made it more than once? I've been asking that question for a long time, and I haven't gotten a lot of good answers. Now, in the span of two decades, the Patriots owned the NFL. Tom Brady, the GOAT, made nine Super Bowls. And Rodgers, by the way, never had to go through him once. Never had to go through the Patriots. He was in the NFC the whole time. He had lesser competition. Rodgers has great numbers for sure and you can tell me about him and you can talk about his numbers all day, but the reality of this situation, Rodgers' career postseason record, 10 wins, 8 losses. This year, for the first time in his career, the road to the Super Bowl goes through Lambeau. He's at home. NFC, number one seed. If he doesn't make the Super Bowl this year and win it, if any of you Call him a goat again. Do you have any idea what's going to happen to you? Do you know? Do you have any idea what would happen? Do you? You just made the list. You would make the list. Okay. So I just wanted to get all that out there. Rodgers has to make it happen. Has to. If he doesn't, stupid idiot. Other than just talking about Rodgers, this game, ooh, it's exciting. I mean, Green Bay is putting up 30 points in their sleep every game. They can beat you throwing. They can beat you running the ball. The defense isn't amazing, but they can make plays when they need to, especially when uh, Rodgers starts running up the score. Now, on the other side, for the Rams, they are going to need to control the clock. they got to run the ball. they got to use screens. They've got to play small ball. And then every now and again, Take a shot downfield when you can, but only when the time is right. It really comes down to the Rams' defense. How much can the Rams' defense slow the Packers' offense down? You've got the number one scoring offense in the Packers, number one scoring defense in the Rams. I want to say, ah, oh, this is rough. I want to say that I really hope the Rams destroy the Packers, and I want this upset to happen. <sighs> but unfortunately As much as it pains me to say Rogers has been proving me wrong all year And I'm gonna ride with Green Bay At home Because they're at freaking home And What do you want me to do? What do you people want me to do? God I'm gonna ride with Green Bay <laughs> No I'm not! You idiots! The pack- Packers suck, baby! Because Aaron Rodgers sucks. And the Packers blow. Packers gonna lose. I thought that you should know. That's it, baby. Upset city bitch. I really hope this happens. I really hope this happens. The Rams defense, Aaron Donald is a monster of a man. A monster among men. And Jalen Ramsey... I know you're not going to, like, shut down Devontae Adams, but just get in his face and slap him around, and hopefully it's cold and snowy, and I don't know. Go Rams. Screw the Packers. Oh, man. So there's that. Um, So Rams, wow, I'm already going upset, Picks. I'm, I'm terrifying. So the next game is the Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills at 815. Saturday night. This is, this is another great matchup. I mean, Lamar Jackson got his first playoff win last week on the road. He beat the Titans. But don't count me as impressed. Don't count me as impressed. He made a few flashy plays. And against the Titans, that's all you need. You don't need to be amazing against the Titans. If he thinks that he can win a championship playing that way, Oh my God. He is sorely. I'm telling you right now, I'm getting so aggravated. He is sorely mistaken. It's not going to happen. Now I will say I liked how the Ravens defense played. They knew what they needed to do in the off season. They got the guys that they needed. They stuffed Derrick Henry. They didn't allow him to beat them again. That's what great teams do. They beefed up the defensive line. They got Calais Campbell. They got Derek Wolf. They put him next to Judon, And now their defensive line is no joke. They're not getting beat by the run. Good for them. The Buffalo Bills won a close game against the Colts last week, and people are so down on them because they almost lost to the Colts. Listen, number one, the refs. Oh, the refs. They were feeling them some Colts. And number two, the Colts are pretty freaking good. All right? The Colts are a very complete team. They got a great defense. They got a great running game. They're tough, except Rivers sucks. But that's no here, no there. So this game with the Bills and the Ravens is going to come down to how well Lamar Jackson throws the ball. It's very simple. The Bills' defense is going to QB spy him. They are going to stack the line. They're going to dare Lamar Jackson to throw. Can he make those throws? That's, That's it. That's all this comes down to. I think both of these teams are very talented. I think both of these teams are very complete in all phases. But the Bills, to me, Are feeling it. They're not scared of the moment. They are playing for each other. They're playing with house money. And I don't think that the Ravens can handle the combination of Diggs and and Brown. People sleep on John Brown and he will burn you, dude. I'm telling you that right now. He's very good. I think Josh Allen shows up. And if he does, I think the Bills take it. I think everyone's going to be sold out of tables. And it's the perfect time because the rumble is right around the corner, right near my birthday, and we can. Everyone can just go through tables because the bills will just keep winning. So yeah, I'm going Buffalo. I don't believe in Lamar Jackson, and I I want to also state that he's just he's a little stupid, idiot piece of crap. Okay, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of people. All right, I, like he wins the game against the Titans, right? And I'm coughing now. And he's so, like, once they won the game, which, by the way, the way that they won was the defense made plays. It wasn't you, Lamar. You did okay. You did the bare freaking minimum, man. Made one super awesome run, and everything else was like, nah, nah. Then your defense made a play. And then you won. And does he shake Ryan Tannehill's hand? Nope. Jogs off the field. Acts like he's the man. Screw you, dude. Make a freaking throw. How about that quarterback? Are you a running back or a quarterback, buddy? You're going home is what you're going to do. You idiot. So the bills went, sorry, I'm getting so sidetracked. <laughs> so we move on. We got the Cleveland Browns at the Kansas city chiefs at three <laughs> Oh five. Ooh Oh my God. Mike Wolf, you must be sweating bullets, man. Let me first say that watching the Browns smash the Steelers was an all-time moment. I I loved it. I was going to go to bed, but I started seeing that smack fest, and I said, I can't go to bed right now. i got to watch this. Shout out to all the people who saw the Steelers this year, and they knew that they were trash, and they knew that they were hyped. Group of gutless, front-running TikTok bitches that Steelers organized. I hate Those players. I don't know what it is about the Steelers that makes wide receivers turn into complete diva assholes, but it's the way that it is. And Claypool, talking all that shit, talking all that garbage about how the Browns were classless after they beat you, stop dancing on logos, dude. Stop running your mouth. There are a million freaking clips on the internet of you being a dick To everybody around you. Okay? So shut your mouth about that, you piece of garbage. Sorry. So the Browns did everything right. They ran the ball. They made throws when they needed to. They capitalized on defense. They got a little lucky. They got lucky with the turnovers in the beginning. But you know what's huge? Even though they got lucky, they still capitalized on their luck. A lot of teams can get lucky and still screw it up. And that's what the Browns have been for years. But now that we can see that the Browns can capitalize if something crazy happens, that's huge. And, um, I mean, do we really need to go over the Chiefs? You know, Mahomes is the best quarterback. Kelsey's the best tight end. Tyreek Hill is is up there. I don't know if he's the best wide receiver. He probably isn't, but he's he's up there. Their defense plays bend but don't break and... They can create turnovers, especially when the offense starts giving them a lead to work with. This game is interesting, though. Seems like an easy pick to go, Chiefs. But I'm telling you, man, I look at Baker Mayfield, and people forget that dude was a number one pick. And he is finally playing like a number one pick. He's one win and zero losses in the playoffs. The Browns don't seem to be afraid of the moment. He should be getting Ward back. He's top corner in the league. Ooh, I'm going to be watching this one. Excited to see what happens. I'm going to reluctantly go with the Chiefs. But I am excited to see what the Browns can do. And I think, by the way, it's very telling that they're doing much better without OBJ. Just saying. So... Yeah, I thought about doing an upset. But no, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Um, The Browns could definitely take it, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. We go to the Tompa Bay. The Tompa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. 6.40 p.m. game time. This is the one. As a Patriots fan, you always wanted to see the postseason matchup. Never came to fruition. Brady versus Breeze. That matchup happened twice this year, and the Saints took both of those games fairly easily. But we all know the playoffs are a different story. And the Saints didn't impress last week against the Bears, but I would also say the Bucs didn't really impress last week against Washington. The head-to-head matchup between Breeze and Brady, Breeze is 5-3. and three. He's got 21 touchdowns and two interceptions. Meanwhile, Brady is obviously three and five against Brees, 11 TDs and 11 picks. That's nuts. All the stats say that that the Saints should win this game. And it makes me want... ah, It really makes me want to go with the Buccaneers because it is almost impossible for me to believe that Tom Brady could somehow lose to the same team 3 times. You know that he's drawing up game plans. You know that he is trying to figure out the best way to to figure oh, damn, I'm freaking out. I don't know who to pick. My brain is short-circuiting because as I look at this matchup, it's rough, man. Brady in the playoffs is so different, but he is older. Breeze is not the same. It is in New Orleans though. Ah, is Brady really going to lose the same team 3 times? I'm going to go with the Saints. I don't feel great about it at all. I really don't because the Saints have choked a million times and the Bucks are hot right now. I hate it. I don't know. I I just I'm just going to go Saints. <laughs> I would not disagree with you if you came up to me and said the Bucks are definitely going to take it because the Bucks and by the way I will say this if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers find a way to beat the Rams I will be rooting for the Buccaneers 100%. My pick will change to the Bucks so fast because I don't believe that the Saints can go on the road in the elements with Drew Brees and his noodle arm. I don't want the Saints going on the road to Green Bay because that would be the easiest road the Packers have ever had in the world. But if Tom Brady goes on the road, he's got no problem beating Aaron Rodgers on the road. So if the Packers win, I go Buccaneers. If the Packers lose, I go Saints. How about that? How about that for picks? Um. Yeah. So so that's that. We went Bruins. We went over the Bruins. Went over the James Harden deal. And we just I just told you my NFL picks. Now in the last podcast, um, I did not say in the beginning, but but I did beat Team Bachamat in our NFL picks from last week. So sorry, boys, you didn't win any money. Uh, but I will be going over. The East Division and the rankings. And we will, I will continue to let people know about the bets that me and Matt and Batch all made. I will post it on the Instagram at, at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. I will be letting you guys know what's going on. Also, it will be the return of the $100 MMA giveaway. I will be doing that the 23rd. I will be doing that for the McGregor versus Poirier fight. I will also be putting out a podcast beforehand to let you know how I think the matchups are going to go. And um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on the way. I'm going to see. There might be a competition that I will make for football, but I'm going to wait. And uh, see, I'll let things marinate and see what happens. But for now, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. As always, go to BigMouthSmallWords.com. I appreciate the support. We're very close to 11K, 11,000 streams. So please keep listening. I love all of you. Stay safe.